0: And this just all goes down to just respecting each other, to not judging each other, and really that is the most important thing, is to just not judge each other, not to judge our fellow Christians for what they do or don't do, but rather we should all be focused on unity, we should all be focused on community, and coming together as one with Christ. I I believe that is the most important thing that we can do, rather than uh, nitpicking about little things. Hey, faithful listener. Grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast. That's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries Podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Jen. I am the host here, and I'm just so excited to talk about... What we're going to be talking about today in Leviticus. And yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's talking about tattoos. <laughs> so let's see what the Bible has to say about tattoos. Oh, and by the way, I'm feeling much better just to let you guys know, like I'm, I'm back to normal pretty much. But OK, let's go ahead and discuss Leviticus 19, 26 through 31. I'll be reading out of W.E.B. as I always do. Please feel free To read out of the version you enjoy reading out of, make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea, and let's go ahead and start. Today I'm actually drinking an energy drink, (laughs) which is rare for me, but I got a whole bunch of them, and yeah, I'm kind of enjoying them. But yeah, grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, or your energy drink, (laughs) let's go ahead and start reading the Bible. You shall not eat any meat with the blood still in it. You shall not use enchantments nor practice sorcery. You shall not cut the hair on the sides of your head or clip off the edge of your beard. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am Yahweh. Don't profane your daughter to make her a prostitute, lest the land fall to prostitution and the land become full of wickedness. You shall keep my Sabbaths and revere my sanctuary. I am Yahweh. Don't turn to those who are mediums, nor to the wizards. Don't seek them out to be defiled by them. I am Yahweh your God. So there's a reason I actually chose these six verses to talk about. And the reason is they actually are all about the same thing. There's a common theme we see here in all six of these verses. And you might be wondering, like, what do you mean, Jen? Like, how is tattoos and also clipping the edges of your beard related (laughs) Well, the reason that all of these are related is actually because these are all talking about paganism. Yeah, that's right. So, every single rule we see here has something to do with the pagans back in this day and age when Moses wrote this down. These were all common practices that the pagans would do. At this time period, for example, you shall not eat the meat with the blood still in it. You shall not use enchantments nor practice sorcery. Obviously, that all has to do with paganism. We, we were talking about, you know, the people that ate and drank blood. That was all uh, what the Gentiles would do. And they would do it for different rituals and different uh, ceremonies that they had. And they all believed that it had to do with, um, you know, their gods taking favor on them. And so God was saying to his people, you are going to be set apart from the other nations of the world and you're not going to practice the same things that these other nations practice because These things that these nations are practicing are actually extremely unhealthy. They're unhealthy for everybody. They're unhealthy for them, and they're unhealthy for you. So God is telling his people to separate themselves or to remove themselves from practicing these sort of things. And it's interesting, as the years go by for the Hebrew people, we see them not listening to God. Initially, especially when we get into the book of Judges, in the book of Judges, the people did whatever they wanted to do. They practiced sorcery. They followed after all sorts of other gods and goddesses, and uh, put up Asherah poles. We'll talk more about that particular god later on. Put up Asherah poles. They sacrificed their children to Moloch, which is a whole can of worms that I'm not going to go into right at the second. But you know, the the Hebrew people did not listen to God, and so and then at that point, God would take his hand of blessing off of his people. He would remove himself from his people as they continued to disobey, as they continued to get worse and worse and worse. And then uh, something bad would happen to the people, then God would come and rescue them once the people turned back to God. Because it was funny because (laughs) in the book of Judges, which we'll talk about soon when we get into it, but it's just so funny, the book of Judges, because it's like the people know that God is really the only one out there that can rescue them. But it's like they don't care when time of blessings come. They just do whatever they want because they don't actually want to follow God. They only want the blessings that come from God. And, you know, they start, um, you know, doing whatever they want to do. But my point here is, I kind of went on a, a little rabbit trail, but my point is, verses 26 through 31 of Leviticus 19 are talking all about sorcery, paganism, and worship of idols. And the different practices that would be done during, you know, of those things. So even here, verse 27, you shall not cut the hair on the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. Obviously that's talking to a man. <laughs> because I don't have a beard, thankfully. I do have a mustache, just to let you guys know. I'm not even joking. I legitimately have a mustache. Anyway, you can tell that this is pretty much talking to men here that they shouldn't clip off the edges of their beard. So nowadays, you know, this rule is still followed to this day with Orthodox Jews. You'll see they have the curls that um, are on the side of their heads, and then their beards are actually very long because they don't clip the sides, the edges of their beards. And the one thing that specifically stuck out to me was actually with um, ceremonies involving the dead. The Gentiles would actually uh, shave off all of their hair and their beards and everything in mourning. And we'll see later on that, um, that God specifically commands his priests not to do that, not to shave their hair in mourning. And this was to differentiate the people, once again, from pagan customs and pagan practices. All of this stuff. Even this here, in verse 28, You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am Yahweh. So, the one thing that I think of when I see this verse is, much later on in the book of either First Kings or Second Kings, when Elijah, the prophet, was having a... Um, almost like a competition to see whose God was greater, whether God was greater or Baal was greater. And the prophets of Baal were getting upset because Baal wasn't doing anything because obviously Baal was a false idol. And so the prophets started cutting themselves with knives in order to get Baal to notice them. And Elijah was sitting there like making fun of these priests as they were doing this. And then, of course, God comes down in his glory and proves that he is powerful, that Baal is just a made up God. And God comes down with his glory and wins the competition in a way. But that kind of is what reminds me of this verse, is the people would cut themselves in mourning. And to show that they were sad over uh, people who died. But the W.E.B. goes on to add, um, nor should you tattoo any marks on you. And so a lot of people take this as you can never, as a Christian, go out and get a tattoo. It's just wrong, is what a lot of people say. And that was something I was raised with. I believed for a long, long time that going out and getting a tattoo was a sin because of this specific verse right here. But I'm going to go ahead and read something else. It's from Romans chapter 14, and it's verse 22 and 23. And this is actually out of the Living Bible Translation. It says, You may know that there is nothing wrong with what you do, even from God's point of view, but keep it to yourself. Don't flaunt your faith in front of others who might be hurt by it. In this situation, happy is the man who does not sin by doing what he knows is right. But anyone who believes that something he wants to do is wrong shouldn't do it. He sins if he does, for he thinks it's wrong, and so for him it is wrong. Anything that is done apart from what he feels is right is sin." And in fact, all of Romans chapter 14 is actually talking about our freedom in Christ. And when we when we had David Guzik on a few weeks back, and he was talking about uh, the food laws of Leviticus, he actually mentioned Romans chapter 14, I believe, because since we have freedom in Christ, we also have freedom to choose to eat or choose to not eat. And that is what Romans 14 is completely talking about. But it applies to all sorts of different situations as well. And I believe it also applies to the tattoo situation because some friends I know who have tattoos and who are Christians fully believe that it is within their God-given right to be able to go out and get a tattoo and they have no issue with it. But then I have other friends who are Christians that don't like tattoos and sometimes even judge other people that have tattoos, but don't like tattoos because um, of what they were taught and believe. And so for them, I do believe it would be wrong to go against what they were taught, just as Romans chapter 14 talks about, to go against what they were taught and go out and get a tattoo. But for my friends who are the opposites, and they believe that it is within their freedom that they are able to go out and get tattoos, in my opinion... I don't really think that they are sinning if they go out and get a tattoo, especially if their heart is in the right place with it, because that is basically what Romans 14 completely talks about. And it also says in Romans 14 not to judge each other. So the person that has a tattoo shouldn't judge the person who doesn't want the tattoo and vice versa, (laughs) which it's unfortunate because that often happens. I yeah, yeah. Growing up in the church that I grew up in, tattoos were a huge uh uh-uh. And one of our sister churches of the church I grew up in would force their people to cover up any pre-existing tattoos they had. And in my opinion, I think that is very wrong and unhealthy kind of church behavior. And yeah, so is it wrong for a Christian to go out and get a tattoo? (laughs) In my opinion, it just depends on the person. It might be, it might not be. Now, as for me, because I grew up in a household believing that um, tattoos are wrong, I am going to hold to those convictions and not go out and get a tattoo. Even if someone else around me was like, Jen, you should come get this tattoo with me. I'd be like, well, I probably shouldn't because in my heart, I believe that it is wrong for me to go out and get a tattoo because it goes against my primary convictions. This kind of comes down to a heart issue just through and through. It, it just depends on where you are in your faith, whether or not it is wrong or even a sin for you to go out and get a tattoo. Yes, we do have freedom in Christ, but we should also hold fast to the convictions that we have as well so it really just depends in my opinion on who the person is where their heart is and everything else like that as to whether or not a tattoo is wrong just as kind of many other issues that are not directly morality issues many of them fall under this category if it's not a direct morality issue but i think one thing i should talk about Also, going back to Romans chapter 14, is if you do feel it is right to go out and get a tattoo and you have no issue with that whatsoever, then good for you. And Even even Paul says that here. He says, happy is the man that knows he's not doing wrong in his heart. And yeah, but Paul here talks about um, verse 22. He says, Don't flaunt your faith in front of others who might be hurt by it. And going off the subject of tattoos for a moment, this could really mean anything. The one thing I think of is alcohol. So me, I do drink alcohol. I drink it on occasion. But there are certain people in my life that I will not drink in front of because I don't want those people to go away from their beliefs, which is their beliefs is... I should not drink. That was what I was taught and I'm not going to drink. So I'm not going to drink in front of those particular friends that I have because I don't want them to think that they need to drink or think that they have to, you know, have peer pressure or anything like that. But rather, I want them to be able to comfortably exercise their right to not drink. You know, even the whole thing with tattoos If you know somebody is struggling and and they believe in their heart that they shouldn't go get a tattoo, then perhaps they are not the person you should invite along (laughs) with you to go get a tattoo. (laughs) Because in that way, you might be flaunting your freedom to a person who may feel they don't have that freedom. And this just all goes down to just respecting each other, to not judging each other. And really, that is the most important thing is to just not judge each other, not to judge our fellow Christians for what they do or don't do, but rather we should all be focused on unity. We should all be focused on community and coming together as one with Christ. I I believe that is the most important thing that we can do rather than uh, nitpicking about little things, if that makes sense. But okay, let's go ahead and keep talking here. It says in verse 29, Don't profane your daughter to make her a prostitute, lest the land fall to prostitution and the land become full of wickedness. So this is something we actually see the um, Israelites eventually do was later on, they actually started getting prostitutes for the temple. Temple prostitutes is what they were called. And that, once again, was also another pagan thing that the Gentiles would do. And they actually believed it was holy to go and like sleep with these prostitutes in the temple because it would make them like more pious or something like that. I'm not exactly sure. But they believed that prostitution, especially for uh, religious worship, I guess, was something good. And God is saying, yeah, that's not good. Don't profane your daughter is actually what it says. And I find that uh, really cool that God is sticking up for once again, the little girls and the daughters and saying, don't put your daughter in that position. Don't profane her. She is special. She is my creation. She is made in my image. Don't put her in that kind of a life and tell her that that's okay. Don't do that because she's a special person. And so, yeah, it says that if the people begin to do this, that the land will become full of wickedness. Then in verse 30, you shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am Yahweh. See right there. Reverence my sanctuary. God's house, that temple that was built for God, that he could live in there. He is saying, have reverence for it. You know, reverence my stuff. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but, you know, our homes are special to us, right? We don't want anybody coming in and destroying stuff and not caring about our property. We don't want that. We don't like that. We will call the cops on somebody like that. (laughs) We would be infuriated if some person came in and just decided to destroy our homes. We'd be so angry. And God is no different. He doesn't want people going into his temple and destroying it or, you know, not revering it for what it is. He wants people to have reverence for his sanctuary. And to me, this could be two things that we could pull from this for nowadays. It could be the church and it could also be our own body because our bodies are now temples of God, right? So God, God's spirit lives inside of us. We are actually housing God's spirit And when you think about it that way, rather than just thinking, oh, my body is my own, we need to think about, oh, well, you know, we're housing the Holy Spirit. So how can we take care of this temple that is housing the Holy Spirit and having reverence in a way for our own bodies because they are housing God's spirit? So we could think about it that way, or we could just think about the church in general, where the church is called God's bride, And so when we come together in the church building, we're supposed to have an amount of reverence for worship in God's building, right? And I mean, how we can do that is different for each person, but just making sure that we're taking care of things, that we're not uh, destroying stuff in the church, that we're just making sure to appreciate the fact that God's stuff is just kind of special, right? And I think that does include the church building. But then in verse 31, to conclude, it says, Don't turn to those who are mediums, nor to the wizards. Don't seek them out to be defiled by them. I am Yahweh your God. Anybody who is not one of God's prophets is a liar. That's the best thing I can say about this verse. Is anybody who is not one of God's true prophets... Is in fact a liar. And, you know, I'm just going to say something a little bit more controversial. (laughs) You know, I think that nowadays we often look to prophets, especially Christians, we look to prophets to almost give us a good fortune. And I've seen that throughout the years, and I think it's becoming a little bit worse and worse. But A lot of times these prophets, quote unquote prophets, that are so famous, nothing happens the way they say it's going to happen. And that is the one thing God says to watch out for false prophets, that if their message is false, it is not from God's lips. You know, it's not a message from God. So we have to be really, really careful that even though a person calls themselves a prophet, that we aren't just following them willy-nilly and not watching out, not making sure that they are telling the truth. And we need to test. It actually says in the Bible that we need to test these people that claim to be teachers and prophets to make sure that they really are true teachers and prophets and not be led astray by anything else. I think a lot of us Maybe some of us, we don't often go to mediums and wizards too often, but we might follow a prophet because we think that he or she has some word of knowledge from God, but we have to be careful even in that situation to make sure that these prophets are not liars. Because once again, anything that does not come from God is a lie. It has to come from God in order for it to be true. Because God is literally the definition of truth and anything else is just a lie. It's just a false imitation. So we need to be careful about this, even though you and me may not be going out and, you know, trying to find a wizard to tell us the future or do magic for us. We still have to be careful about the people that claim to be Christians that we are listening to. Well, friends and fave listeners, thanks for uh, tuning into this episode with me. This was a really fun episode for me. I I rather enjoyed talking about all this stuff. And some of the stuff is like kind of controversial. And sometimes I like not always. Sometimes I like controversial stuff, but. (laughs) But anyway, guys, you know, I already did the um, giveaway announcement, the winners for that back on Friday's podcast episodes. If you didn't hear it. Go back and re-listen. But I am super excited for the the how the giveaway went and just all the great reviews I received. Thank you so much to everybody who reviewed the podcast. That was just very nice. It was um, exciting to see everything. And I got to meet and talk with um, some new people as well, which I really appreciated. But you know, guys, if you ever need to contact me, go to www.p40ministries.com slash contact. And that's where you're going to find my email address or that little contact form right there. And that goes straight to my inbox. And I will be able to see anything that you um, that you send to me. And if you need prayer or if you have a prayer request, please shoot it my way. And I'll write you down in my little prayer journal. But guys, uh, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> so changes are coming a little bit for the podcast. I am thinking of changing the name of the podcast. And to what? I am not exactly sure yet, but it'll be something. And I'll let you know when it is something. And I won't just roll out that change immediately. It'll take some time for me to, um, to do that change because I'm going to have to change the logo and everything. But the reason I am deciding to do this is for two reasons. The first reason is I have had a lot of people say that the name P40 Ministries does not make sense (laughs) for what the podcast is. And secondly, nobody understands the name P40 Ministries, and it does not describe what the podcast is. And so it's a hard name for people to remember, and to a lot of people, it does not make sense. P40 Ministries, of course, is going to remain my ministry name. I'm not going to change that at least not yet, if I ever do. But especially for the podcast itself, I do believe that a name change is going to happen pretty soon here. But don't forget to tune in tomorrow at 6am or whenever you wake up for an episode out of Luke. But until then, guys, happy listening and God bless.